Life can be messy and hard, but one of the things God has promised to give us is freedom, freedom deep in our hearts that is not dependent on the ever-changing waves of circumstances, but set on the steadfast promises of God. This freedom gives us a secure identity, even with a broken past. It helps us have joy in parenting, even when we are completely exhausted. This freedom gives us love for our spouses, even when they are unlovable. And it can give us purpose in our careers, even if it's not the one we want. But I feel stuck sometimes, don't you? What does it really mean that Christ has set us free? That's why we're here. Welcome to the Abiding Free Podcast with Kristen and Shannon. We invite you to walk on this bumpy but beautiful journey toward freedom as we learn to abide in Him. Get ready for tears and laughter and everything in between. Because this podcast is about living from the truth that yes, it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Hey everyone, it's Kristen here. I'm so excited to be back for another episode of Abiding Free Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the story of biblical freedom. What is What do I mean by that? Um, and I think it's a topic, biblical freedom is a topic, right, that we throw around all the time, right? It's almost like this Christianese topic. But my question is, do we really understand what it means? And as I was looking through scripture, I was just noticing the beautiful story from Genesis to Revelation. Um, there's a story of freedom. And it's what I like to call, um, you know, what we lost through the fall in freedom, what we gained through Christ and what is coming. So let's get started with this. So um, sometimes I think, um, you know, we, we talk about freedom and it's just thrown around in our culture a lot in, you know, in our churches, as I mentioned, you know, some think that freedom is, you know, being able to do whatever you want, you know, without constraints. There's those, you know, slogans in our world. It's like, be yourself, pursue your own dreams, um, you know, which sometimes are good things to say, but is going after everything you want to do apart from someone else truly freedom? Or might it lead to more enslavement? Just some of these questions that I think are good to think through as we enter into this topic. I think the Wikipedia definition was interesting of freedom. This is what it says. It says the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. I think that's actually a pretty good definition. You know, freedom, just straight freedom, you know, it's not necessarily doing whatever we want. I think even the Wikipedia definition is not saying that. It's not saying, you know, we get to do whatever we want or not having limitations and boundaries. It's being free from this actual imprisonment or enslavement. And there's spiritual freedom um, and there's physical freedom too. And, you know, just briefly, though we're talking about spiritual freedom today, you know, many people still do not have, you know, physical freedom. I just want to even just um, shout out to Forever Found. And we're going to be talking a lot about Forever Found. It's going to be an organization that we're going to be partnering with. Um, Shannon, the other co-founder, she is CEO of this organization. She began it. It's an anti-human human trafficking nonprofit that helps 
helps in the prevention, rescue, and restoration of child trafficking victims. This is just something that is dear to our heart at Abiding Free as well, not just spiritual freedom, but physical freedom. And um, that's why, you know, we are so excited to be, you know, highlighting Forever Found often. And, you know, Forever Found is basically fighting for that simple physical freedom of young girls from trafficking. And, you know, even we could even talk about political freedoms, right? So freedom of speech, freedom of religion. But here's a question. If we have those things, if we have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, rather than, you know, being in a tyrannical government, are we ultimately more free I think it's interesting, you know, the picture that we get in Acts when, you know, um, Paul's in prison and they are singing hymns. His heart was free, but he was physically not. So again, it depends on what do we mean by this freedom. So today, we're, as I mentioned, we're going to be tracing this theme and concept of biblical freedom through the story of God. By story of God, again, we mean the full Bible, the story that God told um, beginning in creation and the end, which will be the full restoration of all things. And we're going to be asking, you know, in this podcast, I'm going to be asking and hopefully answering <laughs> um, four main questions. The first one is is what was freedom intended to look like in the Garden of Eden before sin entered the world? What happened to freedom after the fall? And again, we're talking about spiritual freedom. Um, How did the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus impact biblical freedom? This, which is, you know, another name for spiritual freedom. What do we have to look forward to and hope for in the full restoration of perfect freedom? So why? Why are we talking about this today? We did go through um, a pretty good description of what we believe this freedom is in our first episode where we share our vision and mission for Abiding Free. I highly recommend you go back to that episode. But I think there is a really huge significance, again, in going through this story. And, you know, this may seem like a very, like, theological, theological topic. But you guys, this is the thing. We um, believe that we are all theologians. You know, theologians mean simply studying God so that we can know Him. And more importantly, we believe at Abiding Free that, you know, we are hoping to come alongside you to help, you know, um, to help enter into God, the power of God to break chains. But we also want to train one another up to be chain breakers, to help others look at, you know, the lies, the, the ways they're getting stuck and not walking in freedom. And so we want to help equip, train, and enable you to do the work as well of helping others be free in their hearts. And so that's why we, we think this episode is a great place to start. We have to go back to the starting place of where the intention of freedom honestly got really messed up. So let's dive in. So as I mentioned, we're going to be going back to the Garden of Eden. And you guys, I, you know, I had all these thoughts about this. It's almost like this development of this biblical theology theology of freedom, but I learned so much. I mean, it's amazing. I love God's word so much. Um, it's amazing how many times, you know, we could read Genesis and then learn so much. I learned so much. Um, so anyway, I don't think we do this enough where we go back to the Garden of Eden as a model of how things were intended to be, you know, and I'm going to be referring to this as, you know, Edenic freedom. This is just, I don't know, maybe it's, is, it is in some theo- theological book, but I just thought of it as this, you know, whatever we can learn from that picture in Genesis before the fall, 
that is what we should strive for. That's what God intended, right? And that's really in, in anything. And so, you know, this is whatever we see in the garden is what we should hope for, pray for, and live for, you know, even with the brokenness of sin. And we're going to talk about how redemption helps us do that. But again, let's go back. So in Genesis, it is short, right? The account of the, the creation account of the fall, it's probably shorter than we'd like. There's so many questions I have. But I think God can give us enough that we enough of what we need to get some picture of what this freedom looks like. So, what glimpses do we get of this unhindered per, in this unhindered perfect life? Genesis one twenty seven tells us that we were created in His image. We were intended to reflect God, His attributes. So, freedom is reflecting. God. Genesis one twenty eight tells us that we were, I thought this was so, is just so interesting. We are intended to have dominion over every living thing. We were given responsibility for things. But think about this. God also held dominion over us. Genesis 2.15 tells us that God put man in the garden to work. This, I don't know, you guys, this just hit me. He gave boundaries and limitations to Adam and Eve. Think like again, think about that. Even with a perfect they had a perfect life, perfect relationship with God and others, they had an absent of sinful motives. God still gave them limitations. It wasn't like do whatever you want. He gave them limitations. He tells them in Genesis 3 3, they may not eat from the tree of good and evil. So freedom again, it's not doing whatever we want. It's following what God has told us to do. That is true freedom. We're also told that God rested. I love this on creation, right? God is perfect. He doesn't have a need. He's not lacking anything, but he gave us a model of rest. Rest is freedom. Healthy rest is freedom, not striving, carrying a burden of striving and always working, right? That's certainly gotten thwarted through you know, the fall. I thought this was also really interesting. Um, God said, it is not good for man to be alone, Genesis 2.18 I mean, I know, I know, I think we'd probably all agree out there, you know, that, okay, we all um, need relationships, but I do think there is an undercurrent of this, you know, you don't need anyone other than yourself, like really need anyone. I mean, it's good to have relationships. We should have relationships, but there is this undercurrent, but think again, think about this. Adam had a perfect relationship with God. God created man to still have a need for others. I'll be honest. I don't like to need people like, especially, especially with like girlfriends. Like I don't want to be that needy person. And obviously being too needy, they can develop a codependent relationship, but we probably all err on one side. Some of us maybe err on the side of being too needy. Some of us probably, you know, we want to push it away, right? We don't want to need people. But in the Garden of Eden, God intended for us to not carry a shame of needing others. We need others. Edenic freedom cultivates a healthy and beautiful need for others. So, you know, and then also um, now we want to look at when this, when, you know, the minute sin entered in the world, the, you know, the world, I think it gives us a glimpse of what also what God had intended. For example, the serpent, you know, deceived Eve essentially into being her own governing rule. You know, he tricked her. He said, you know, you know, what you want is that doing basically doing whatever she wanted was best. And that was true freedom, playing God, making our own decisions, you know, she Eve believed that God was withholding something good. She essentially decided in that moment, in a way, 
This is the way I look at it is she decided she was a better God, right? So that's where we get thwarted with our freedom. We go above what God intended. We try to go around what God intended. We also can look at, you know, Eve encouraged Adam to sin with her. Adam blamed Eve. Our relationships are stained through the fall. You know, the thing that stands out to me in both of these instances with Adam and Eve, they loved what they wanted more than each other. They loved themselves at the expense of harming the other, right? There's a stain on our relationships um, where we're not free to love one another. And, you know, again, we also see a huge theme come in of shame, um, you know, and, but get this, I think also the shirking of the acknowledgement of our own sin. I think it's interesting. It could look like Adam felt really sorry for his sin when he was hiding from God, right? It's, it said that he was afraid of God, you know, so there's that shame. But wasn't it interesting that, I think we can see it wasn't true repentance. It was shame, but it wasn't repentance. Shame often does not lead to repentance. So listen to this. It says his first response to God in Genesis 3, it was to blame it on Eve. And then uh, and then Eve takes it and she blames it on the serpent. Um, another thing that I think we see that came in is not enjoying the work that we have been given. We're not free to enjoy the work we have been given. It says that God basically you know, said, cursed is the ground, right? We were going to toil after the fall. You know, Adam and Eve were given work to do and it was in, it was enjoyment. But then with the fall, they were no longer free to simply enjoy it. The, the ground was cursed. And man, this one really hit me, you guys. Parenting, childbirth. God says not only would he multiply your pain and childbearing to women, but he would bring forth children in pain. How many moms, I'm raising my hand here, have had pain even as we bring forth our children? Parenting is hard. Think about that. Because of the fall, we're no longer free to always enjoy parenting. It's going to be painful. Oh my goodness. And lastly, I think the most important was there was a separation in our relationship with God. We were no longer free in our relationship with God. They had to leave the garden. And we see that, right? Our relationship with God is is repaired through Christ, right? Is is restored through Christ, but there is still a marring from our sin when we are when we um, sin, right? It it can cause distance with God. We we doubt God. We we sin against Him still, even with Christ. So we're going to be talking about that more at redemption. But let's talk about since just the fall in the Old Testament. I think it's so interesting. The Old Testament gives us so many pictures of what is a distorted view of freedom that happened after the fall. You know, it's it gives us ways that we either seek our freedom from the loving boundaries and limitation that God intended, which essentially was his commands, right? He gave these 10 commandments again to show us these are the limitations and boundaries I have for you because I love you, you know, but then we also look to other, other things to rule over us. You know, I think, um, one of the most compelling and bone chilling statements about this in, in the entirety of the old Testament is in the last verse of judges. It says, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Isn't that interesting? We became our own ruler. Freedom became what we think is right, and yet it only enslaves us. Examples of this? Oh my goodness, there's tons, right? Let's just talk about sexual freedom. I mean, this didn't come in the sexual revolution in the 70s. 
you know, sexual freedom. And I put freedom in quotes here. You can't see me, you know, making my little <laughs> my hand gesture. Freedom. It led to rape, polygamy, idolatry, murder. Was that freedom? What God intended just led to enslavement, to harm. I think also another thing that got thwarted was, you know, the Israelites constantly wanted freedom. They wanted freedom from God's rule. You know, they were sinning against him. They were going their own own way. But then what do they do? They beg and ask for a human ruler. That's when Saul became king. So this is a tension that I think we see. This is a really important point right here because I think this will help us sometimes get to the heart of what's going on is, you know, in their hearts, the Israelites, they, they were, they were created to want rule boundaries and limitations, right? We were created in the image of God. God made order and structure. We see that in the Garden of Eden, but you know, we also, we, but at the same time, we, you know, we wanted the structure, but we seek it in other ways. We can even look at, you know, today, just as they were looking to Saul and God was like, no, look to me, look to me. You know, we can look to human leaders now to give us that hope, to, to hope that they will give us the freedom, the ultimate freedom that we want in our hearts from, from fear and from despair. And we're going to talk again about this in a little bit, but what does redemption do? God actually uses these leaders. He tells us we should actually submit to them because he's using these broken institutions, these broken leaders to give us a picture of the rule and order that he uh, had planned, right? They, he, he says they are for our good, actually. They, they help this, you know, rule of law and morality, but they're very broken. And so it's still marred by sin. Hi, friends. Imagine approaching God's Word with confidence in your ability to glean meaningful truths. Imagine being excited to wake up and dive into studying. That is the mission behind the James Method and their exclusive, one-of-a-kind verse mapping journal. What is verse mapping, you ask? Excellent question. Verse mapping is a transformative study technique that involves dissecting a biblical verse, delving into its keywords, understanding its historical context, exploring alternate translations, and finding related references. But it doesn't stop there. The James Method Journal encourages reflection on the truths revealed and their application in your daily life. If you are ready to move beyond filling in the blanks and are excited to dig into scripture for yourself, the James Method Verse Mapping Journal might be just what you need. This is not just a product. It's an intimate journey into God's Word, making the Bible more than just a book on your shelf, but a living, breathing guide for your life. You can check out the James Method and all the Bible study products they offer in our show notes today, and make sure to use the code ABIDINGFREE to save 20% off your purchase. So this thwarted view, you know, and pursuit of freedom it led to what? It led it led to guilt and shame, broken relationships with God and others. Instead of being freely ruled by God, we are now we were ruled by sin, which leads to imprisonment and enslavement. So now we're going to enter into this 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 you know part of God's story of redemptive redemptive freedom. I call redemptive freedom what Christ brought. This part in God's story of freedom 
where Jesus came and he died. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins and he was resurrected and set us free from death. You know, we talked about this quite a bit in our first episode, which again, I would encourage you to go back to, but I want to highlight Romans 8 here again. It says, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Okay, but check this out. Just a handful of verses later, it tells us that we were act, we are actually now debtors not to live to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. And it says that if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Okay, so isn't that interesting? We are free from sin and death. That's freedom. But we are indebted. We are under rule by the Spirit. But by this, we live. So redemption brought true freedom, a picture of this Edenic freedom, and the power of the Spirit helps us to walk in this freedom. So freedom, true freedom is being ruled by the Spirit. Enslavement comes when we seek rule in and of ourselves or other things. And this is this is a key point. Redemptive freedom through Christ, right? Redemptive freedom empowers us to walk in Edenic freedom. Redemption gives us the power to walk in the freedom that God intended for us. Okay. I love this quote by David Guzik. And he talks about what is this liberty that we get? What, what is this liberty that Christ brought? It's, it's our, is the liberty is our freedom from the tyranny of having to earn our way to God, the freedom from sin and guilt and condemnation, freedom from the penalty and the power, and eventually freedom from the presence of sin. He's talking about what we're going to talk about in a little bit, which is the restorative freedom. He says there, he says, eventually freedom from the presence of sin. And we're going to talk about that. But listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 11 again, because I think we have to focus on this. It's interesting. This is always quoted and it's so beautiful, but we often tend to focus on um, this verse, which is giving our burdens to Jesus. But I think we overlook sometimes the part of actually the yoke that we take on. So listen to this. This is in Matthew 11. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right? That is quoted all the time, and it should be. It is an amazing, amazing truth from Jesus. It's talking about that rest. Remember back to the Garden of Eden. God rested. That is freedom, is finding rest in God. But then what does Jesus say after that? Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wow. So Jesus is actually saying to take on a yoke and a burden. But so, yes, freedom is letting go of our burdens, but it is taking upon us the yoke of walking and walking in the spirit and obeying God. We are joined by a yoke to the spirit. I love this quote from Adam Clark. He says, you know, he's he's talking about the ancient Jews commonly used the idea of yoke to express someone's obligation to God. There was the yoke of the kingdom, the yoke of the law, the yoke of the command, the yoke of repentance, the yoke of faith, and the general yoke of God. But these yokes are light compared to the yokes we allow to be put on ourselves. These yokes bring freedom. 
So lastly, as I mentioned, what can we look forward to when freedom is restored? Okay. This is, again, this is what I would call the the restored freedom that is coming one day. Well, again, it goes back to the Garden of Eden. It gives us a picture, but we're, I love this. We're given actually more details about heaven and, you know, the um, restored earth. So I love this one. This is just like a fun example of how, um, what it'll look like when shame is taken away or guilt and burdens just for a, something as simple as food. I know that sounds crazy, but can you imagine having freedom? I'm especially speaking to all my sisters here and women. I know like so many of us, right? We struggle with eating and body image and food. Well, I love this. Their eating and food are, is actually talked a lot about in reference to, to heaven. In Luke 22, Jesus talks about eating and drinking at his table in his kingdom. Okay. So can you imagine eating and drinking without shame? Okay. Not worrying about calories, how it will make us look. Will people judge us for it not being healthy enough? Will people judge us for drinking wine? Get this, Isaiah 25 verse 6 says that the finest foods and drinks will be prepared for us by God himself. When the earth is restored, there won't be bad chemicals in food, hormones, pesticides. Think about that, guys. We will be free to eat without worry or shame. But the greatest reality, that's just one example, you guys, of an area, a practical area of our life, of what we have to look forward to when we have completely restored freedom. But the greatest reality, I think, of the coming freedom of heaven is freedom from sin once and for all. Remember that quote by David Guzik? I love it. It's freedom. You know, it says freedom from the penalty and power and eventually freedom from the presence of sin. Um, You know, in Revelation, it says that there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Death and sin cause pain. So if there be no more of that, sin will also be no more. So why, why does this matter, you guys? We need to know what we are talking about with freedom. And God's God's story gives us a beautiful specific story of freedom. And more importantly, Edenic freedom, as I mentioned, gives us a picture of what was supposed to be, what we should desire. And the freedom that will be restored, this, you know, restorative freedom, it gives us, it can give us hope and joy and what is to come. It can keep our eyes up, right? Looking forward to that freedom, it gives us endurance and motivation to keep going, to endure in our faith, you guys. It's coming, complete freedom from shame, from burdens, from sin. It's coming. Keep going. So friends, we are going to continue to look at what gets us stuck, right? We didn't go into that detail. We just went through today. We just went through, you know, the story of freedom. We are going to go into what it looks like specifically to take on this burden of the yoke of Jesus. And we're going to be doing that practically throughout our episodes, but it's important to know what that actually means. Thank you guys. Thank you friends for being here. We hope you continue on in this journey with us at Abiding Free. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a second, please share this episode with someone you love. Also, if you could scroll down and rate our podcast and follow us on social media at Abiding Free, this will help us reach more with the message of freedom. Yeah, and then just be sure to join us next week for another episode and know we love and are praying for you.